Welcome to Today in Prophecy on End Times TV. My name is Tom Hughes and today via Skype, I have a guest again from the great state of Texas, Nathan Jones. Nathan, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry. Well, great to be here, Pastor Tom. My name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We are a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We do that a number of different ways through our television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is aired all over the world, and through our website at lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org. I invite folks, check it out, christinprophecy.org. Fantastic. Great having you back with us. Uh, we Good talked last, we, we, thank you. We talked last <laughs> time about anti-Semitism, and I want to yes. pick up there with some of the things that we had left off with. And uh, one of them, Nathan, that I find really interesting, as I look, and it appears to me, that the Jews will be gathered from the four corners of the earth. Ezekiel chapter 36, 37, 38, very clear. God's going to regather them again. Not because the Jews are better than other people. He, he says right. that. Not because they're nicer or anything like that. But it's because his name is on the covenant that he made, isn't it? Yeah. It's because his name is on it and his name is holy, so he's going to do it. That's a, well, you bring up an excellent point. When you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Gog and Magog war, when Russia, Iran, Turkey, and a number of other Islamic nations attack Israel, and God supernaturally steps in and destroys those nations and sends fire on their home countries, it, he doesn't do it for the Jewish people per se. A time and time again through those two chapters, he says he does it for his name. His name, God, the, is stamped on the people of Israel through the Abrahamic covenant where the, it was an everlasting covenant that God made with Abraham and his son Isaac and the descendants of Isaac through Jacob. The land covenant that the Jewish people would get to have, the land of Israel, as long as they remained in faith with him. And then the Davidic covenant that through the Jewish people, God would give an everlasting king, which we know is Jesus, to rule over the world from Jerusalem. So these three covenants have God's name stamped on it. Therefore, God always, always, always defends his name. Amen. In fact, God has a covenant with Gentiles or anyone who would believe in his son, and God's going to honor that covenant. But there are a lot of people out there, especially in churches, that are saying that God has replaced Israel, and that covenant is no good. But God's name is on it. God's not going to break his, his word. If, we, if the Jews can't trust the covenant that God had with them regarding the Abrahamic covenant and the land covenant, the Davidic covenant, then how is it that we could trust the covenant that God has uh, with his son for our salvation. If we're disobedient, do we lose our salvation? I know some people teach that, but yeah. I look and say, well, you know, my, uh, I trust in the Lord. How could I trust in him if Israel can't trust in him? Well, I think the best chapters to read about that is Romans chapters 9 through 11. The uh, Apostle Paul, if he's the author, uh, as the author of Romans writes, did God reject his people? By no means. I'm an Israelite myself. We're down in verse 11. Again, I ask, did they stumble, the Jewish people, so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgressions, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. So there is a time coming where God hasn't forgotten the Jewish people. He hasn't rejected them. He wants to bring a remnant to salvation eventually. But for the last 2,000 years, the church has said, oh, yes, God has wiped his hands of the Jewish people. They inherited all the curses. They're rejected. The church inherits all the blessings. We're the loved ones. And it has been an idea that has permeated the church 
since almost its very beginning. Yeah, in, in fact, Nathan, I read some of the quotes from the early church fathers, and some of them were canonized as saints by the Catholic Church. However, it's not just the Catholic Church. The Protestant mm -hmm. Church is every bit as guilty. And here's just a few of the, the short quotes. This is Bernard of Clairvaux. said, truly I doubt whether a Jew can really be human. And, and that's ultimately what the Nazis were saying. And that's what many in the, uh, the Islamic world are saying now. Then this, Pope Innocent III. There's a name for you, Pope Innocent. Uh, said the <laughs> Jews are, so pardon me? He wasn't so innocent. No, no, not at all. In fact, this is one of the milder quotes. Uh, he said, the Jews are consigned to wander on the face of the earth without rights. They are beings of an inferior race. And then, of course, Martin Luther, who is well known for supporting the Jews in the early part of his ministry, towards the end, he turned against them because they weren't converting in mass. And no. this is just one quote from Martin Luther. And there were a lot of really vicious things that came from Luther. Uh, may we all be free of this insufferable, devilish burden, the Jews. And, and there's a lot more quotes out there that are they're much worse, talking about burning the synagogues and killing the Jews from those who, are, who claim to be Christ followers. So it appears to me that it is really, from everything I've read, I've read a lot about the Holocaust, I've read uh, biographies, read many other books regarding the uh, Nazis, that what Hitler did and the Nazi regime did, the leaders, they used their church fathers, including Martin Luther, to support their goal to exterminate the Jews. And they were able to exterminate two-thirds of the European Jews. Do you see it that way with the, the Christian churches being used to support anti-Semitism in, in, the, in the days of Nazi Germany? Well, it's interesting, if, if you go back and look at the Bible, all the authors, most likely Luke as well, all the authors of the Bibles were Jews. And the early church was Jewish. And as the Jews went to the Gentiles and brought the gospel, the separation started happening between the Jewish and the Gentiles uh, away from the Jewish roots, primarily because the Jewish people saw this new, the way, the followers of Christ as a cult and persecuted them. So the Gentile Christians weren't really happy with the Jewish people. And this continued for the first 300 years of the Roman Empire until Constantine became, uh, took over and made Christianity the religion of the Roman Empire. And then you saw the government, the Roman government, then turn on the Jewish people. So the comedian Sarah Silverman was joking very blasphemously that she's happy that the Jews killed Jesus. And if he came up in his Birkenstock shoes, she'd pop him one too. And she thought that was funny, but there's a reason why the Jewish people hate Jesus and Christianity, because for 2,000 years, the church had turned on the Jewish people. It, you go all the way back to Justin Martyr, 100 to 165 AD. He declared to the plight of Jews that their exile and persecution happened in fairness and justice because they had slain the just one. Ignatius of Antioch said, those who partake of the Passover are partakers of those who killed Jesus. So it started out that the Gentile Christians hated the Jewish Christians because they blamed them for the killing of Jesus. But as you know, what does Acts 4 say? Who killed Jesus Christ? Yeah. We, so we look at that. We've killed Jesus Christ. So when we you look you at it. you and yeah. me, Gentiles, Jews. Yeah, we've we so, and the church has blamed the Jews, but really you have the Jews, you have the Romans, you have the Gentiles. Our sin has put them on the cross. And it seems in the church we forget that Jesus was Jewish. He, he, oh, yeah. he 
he died a Jew, he resurrected a Jew. He was Jewish, and, and the book is written, as you, as you mentioned, you have all these Jewish authors. And, uh, but in the early church, the early Christians were all Jews. And so, but we see it, and I've read some really alarming quotes uh, coming out of uh, the past churches. But we also see this today. So we had the recent um, killing of the two police officers on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, and then the slaughter of Jews in their homes because of this whole thing. And then the metal detectors going up, and uh, the Islamic world was very upset about the metal detectors, although the rest of us have to go to, through metal yeah, detectors. Yeah, TSA, right? Yeah, yeah, you have TSA and at the Temple Mount. I'm going through a metal detector. Uh, the Jews are going to have to and the Gentiles are going to have to. So yeah. strange thing. But nevertheless, what's happened out of that, Nathan, this is really bothersome. We have Christ at the checkpoint. Yeah. We have uh, the Christian churches in Israel and the Pope blaming the Jews for the Jews being killed in Israel. And so when you start looking back at the roots of the history of anti-Semitism that's within the church, and we are seeing it rise even more, it's the victims who are being portrayed as the perpetrators, and they're the ones who still need to be killed, which takes us to the whole chant that um, Palestinian or Hamas and uh, some Palestinians have been saying, Iranians saying, from the river to the sea, uh, Palestine will be free. Look at that, but the Jews have a right to the land. And it's a very small portion that they live in right now, but you mentioned the land covenant. God gave them that land, right? He gave them from the Euphrates to the Nile, and never has Israel, even under Solomon, controlled from the Euphrates to the Nile. That is the land covenant that will be filled during the millennial kingdom. Israel will be a super continent, or excuse me, a super nation that will be over that there, but they don't have it now. Now, legally, you, hear, you said the word Palestinian. Right there, that's a historical fallacy because there is no such thing as a Palestinian. After the Jewish people rebelled in 135 AD, uh, Hadrian renamed the land to insult the Jews by naming it after their ancient enemies, the Philistines. Hence, the land became the Palace, uh, Palestine. Now, part of the promise was that once the Jews were exiled of the land, that the land would become barren. And literally, there are historical records for hundreds of years that the land of Israel was so barren that not a soul wanted to live on it. The Ottomans even taxed the trees so we knew how many trees there were. It was a wasteland, as Mark Twain said. But the Jewish people started coming back in the early 1900s. They bought that wasteland at exorbitant prices from the Arabs, the few who lived there. Mm -hmm. They drained the malaria-infested swamps. They bought them. There was the Balfour Declaration in 1917 promised the Jews what is today Israel and uh, Jordan. 1947, the UN gave the right to Israel to make their own country. In 1948, in May, the Jews declared their state, and at that date, the Palestinian, as those people called there, who invaded Israel and were left behind by the Syrians, they could have claimed a state too, and they did. Now, there is a Palestinian state, I believe in a two-state solution, and that state's called Jordan. It is a Palestinian mm -hmm. state. But I believe that Jesus has a one-state solution ahead, and that's where Israel will go eventually from the Euphrates to the Nile. Yeah, so you see the refugees from back in 1948, 47 and 48, um, their own countries didn't want them back. And that's ultimately yeah. what we're dealing with, isn't it? It's the, the Syrian people were promised that once the little nation of Israel was formed in 1948 and they were done invading it, because the, the, all the nations around Israel invaded it instantly, what was left was, come on down, you can have all the land, it's like a land rush, 
They were shocked that Israel won. And then the Syrians left their settlers behind, didn't let them back into Syria, and they became what is now called the, the Palestinian people today. So the Jewish people never stole the Palestinians' land. That is a lie from the Arabs. So, so when you see this 1948 happening, uh, and you mentioned previously about Isaiah chapter 11 that Israel be gathered back together a second time. Was 1948 in your understanding, was that the official marking of when Israel was gathered back a second time? Although there's still Jews coming back, right? Yeah. Well, the prophecy is that, that Jesus gave is that, that Israel would be birthed, but the labor pains would happen after its birth. So Israel became a nation in 1948. The Jews were coming, you know, since the 1890s, they were starting mm -hmm. to settle back in the land. And from 1948, that was a significant date because then the labor pains happened after war, after war, after war, as the Arabs have tried to destroy the Israelis. Uh, but then there's a, the significant prophecy, I believe it's 1967 during the Six Day War, mm -hmm. where the Jewish people recapture Jerusalem and have control over Jerusalem again. And interestingly, it's been 50 years uh, this year, 2017, since then. So uh, that is the beginning of the Messianic countdown. Now, I, I, I don't believe it'll be totally fulfilled until we see Gog and Magog, uh, which we, I don't believe we will. I believe we'll be raptured before the Gog and Magog War because God's focus is off the church and onto Israel. Mm -hmm. But that's when all the Jewish people of the world will return to Israel. Amen. No, Nathan, we're almost out of time, but you mentioned something I, I have to bring up because okay. I find it interesting. God's focus is going to turn from uh, the world or, or from uh, uh, the Gentile world over to Israel. Uh, is that Romans chapter 11? God will, uh, until the time of the Gentiles is full, and then God turns his attention to Israel again. Is that the beginning of the tribulation? Is that all part of that time period? Rapture well, everyone likes a nice, nice cut even thing. I believe the rapture of the church takes the church out, okay. but the Gentiles will continue to trample Jerusalem mm -hmm. until the end of the tribulation when Jesus comes back. So the time of the Gentiles continues a little while after the church is raptured out to the end of the tribulation. All right, one more quick question. And that is regarding uh, American Jews gathering back into the land of Israel. Every t once in a while I'll talk with some who have gone back, they've made their aliyah, but American Jews for the most part is pretty comfortable in the United States for Jews to live here. When you look at the rest of the world, you see a lot more anti-Semitism. Do mm -hmm. you see that anti-Semitism increasing or what is it that you think will cause the Jews to, uh, from America to go back to Israel because we know it's gonna have to happen eventually Ultimately, I guess the fulfillment isn't going to be till sometime in the future anyways, the tribulation, and obviously we have the millennial kingdom. But before then, do you see yes. something happening? I can speculate, based on what you said about Venezuela, that they're blaming the Jews for their economic collapse. We know America is destined for an economic collapse, that the rapture might uh, push a little more. At some point, America will turn on the Jews because Ezekiel 38 and 39 tells us that all the Jews of the world will return back to Israel. That's going to happen in America at some point, likely because we'll blame the Jews for an economic collapse or some other problem. Nathan, it's been great having you here today. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Love the time with you. How can somebody get a hold of you, your ministry, web address, email? What do you have? Check us out, Lamb and Lion Ministries, on our website, lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org or bibleprophecyresources.org as well. We also have our television show, Christ in Prophecy. And also your book? 
Yes, 12 Faith Journeys yeah. to the Minor Prophets, along with the many books that our founder and director, Dr. David Reagan, has written. Fantastic. Nathan, great having you here. Look forward to talking to you again in the near future. Listen, I want to encourage you, also go to endtimestv.org, and there you can find out more about the ministry that we have here. I'm Tom Hughes. Thank you for watching.